Welcome to the Italian Wine Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vinitali International Wine and Spirits Exhibition. The 54th edition of Vinitali was held from 10 to the 13th of April. If you missed it, don't worry. Go to vinitaliplus.com for on-demand recordings of all the sessions from the exhibition. And remember to save the date. The next edition of Vinitali will be held from the 2nd to the 5th of April 2023. Welcome to Wine, Food and Travel with me, Mark Millen, on Italian Wine Podcast. Listen in as we journey to some of Italy's most beautiful places in the company of those who know them best, the families who grow grapes and make fabulous wines. Through their stories, we will learn not just about their wines, but also about their ways of life, the local and regional foods and specialities that pair naturally with their wines, and the most beautiful places to visit. We have a wonderful journey of discovery ahead of us, and I hope you will join me. Today we are heading south into Puglia, Italy's southernmost region on the Adriatic side. We're at La Cantina di Andria, in Andria, otherwise known as La Vignuolo, to meet Sebastiano Spagnoletti Zeuli, who is the sales manager of this important small group of wine growers. Ciao, Sebastiano. How are you today? Is it a, is the sun shining in Puglia? Hi, Mark. Everything good? And definitely it is sun shining here in Puglia. Uh, I imagine the sun almost always shines. Uh, most of the time. Most of the time. We had quite um, a rainy winter this year. Is that right? Yeah. Probably not as rainy as we've had in England. Tell us a little bit about where you are. Give our listeners a chance to imagine Andrea, the Merja, and the beauty of the region you're in. So we are basically the in Puglia, so the region which is on the heel of the boot of Italy. Andrea is located in the northern part of Puglia. We are 60 kilometers north from Bari, which is the biggest city here in Puglia. And uh, Andrea is 10 kilometers from the seaside and basically at, uh, at the gates of the Murgia area. So we are in the middle between the sea and the hilly zone of the Murgia area. We are in a sunny uh, area. We are clearly in the south of Italy. And it's, you have both both aspects, which are definitely a, a must to see. The aspects you mean of the sea and the inland hills? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, seaside, uh, you have the, 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 the great nice and uh, relaxing uh, moments of the sea and you have also uh, the Murja area which is uh, different every every time of the year if you come in the springtime like now you have it's basically all green and it seems to be in another place not in Puglia not in the south while in the summer it changes completely and it becomes almost lunar as a as a, a landscape because it becomes all uh, yellow and it changes a lot the, the its configuration uh, so it's uh, it's very interesting because it, it's a landscape which changes a lot over time okay it sounds absolutely beautiful i've been to the morja and uh, i remember this unique landscape of course it was uh, an area that one of the great characters of the Middle Ages, uh, Frederick II, known as Il Stupor Mundi, loved uh, and built his, his favorite castle 
in uh, just outside of where you are. Tell us a little bit about this. Yes, he he was quite attached to Andrea. In fact, Andrea is was called by Frederick II uh, once he came back from Palestine and uh, and uh, uh, embraced him when um, at his return uh, was called by Frederick II Andrea Fidelis was one of the few cities which d- decided to embrace and to welcome the emperor back from his his adventures uh, and in fact very close to Andrea he built uh, Castel del Monte which is a spectacular architectural castle, uh, an octagon castle, which is on, uh, placed on the uh, highest hill here in, uh, in, in the area. In fact, you can see it from all over the northern part of Puglia. And uh, it's uh, magical, I must say, because it's located in, in, in the Murja, where you cannot hear absolutely anything. And you can uh, see all over uh, the 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 Puglia area of the north. Yes, it's a really spectacular. In fact, it's a UNESCO heritage site, isn't it? It is, uh, and it's uh, one of the most visited uh, places that uh, in 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 this area, together with Trani. And uh, in fact, uh, Gucci is going to uh, exhibit his. Uh, it's a. Um, its uh, garments uh, in the next in the next month so it's definitely an an uh, uh, an important and must see place to go yes absolutely that's interesting that gucci is is going to be uh, exhibiting because i think uh, Feder- frederick ii was known to love la- lavish fabrics and beautiful things so it's uh, it's fitting to have that in his former former home now, La Cantina di Andrea, known also as Vignolo, tell us a little bit about the history of your winery. You're a small cooperative of wine growers, is that correct? We are. Uh, we are. We have a history of a, a cooperative uh, which started uh, a little before then the La Cantina di Andrea. With, uh, in, the, in the 50s, uh, the cooperative was a little larger than uh, it is now. And uh, in 2013, a group of uh, families of uh, uh, growers decided to uh, bring along this history and continue the uh, the work of the, of the cooperative with the idea of uh, focusing on three main aspects that were, that are basically the philosophy of the cooperative, which are uh, quality, attention to nature and territory. So quality for us means that uh, everything starts from the land, everything starts from the grapes. And uh, from uh, from there on, quality needs to be uh, com- uh, continued and worked in order to give a, a high level quality wine. Uh, and therefore, um, the the grapes are all certified IGP, DOC, and DOCG, uh, which this helps us in uh, in in terms of quantity and also in terms of attention to what uh, we bring in the in the in the winery where the, our winemaker Gianfranco Ruggeri uh, decides which is the best the best uh, grape to to be used in order to provide the best wine ever our attention to nature is very much related to the fact that we have been very um, interested in provide a great uh, a balance of our ecosystem, which is also a way to 
reduced amount of chemicals. And uh, with this idea, we also uh, decided to go in the direction of organic. Uh, most of our uh, family farms are uh, now organic, and uh, we have noticed that this is definitely better for the, the environment, for our customers, but also for our work, uh, because we have to use, uh, we use less and less and less of chemicals in, in our in our work. And lastly, territory, where we know how is our territory, we know which is the best grape to, to work in this area. And this is the reason why we, we love to work uh, Nero di Troia, Bombino Nero, Bombino Bianco, which are Local varieties not well, not so well known in the world, but we, we believe that they have a great potential and must they must be known by all the consumers that may be interested in this kind of grapes. Okay, I, I'm just going back in time and thinking that maybe when the Cantina Cooperativa was started in in the 50s, I imagine the wines would have been mainly Vini d'Italia. Is that right? Wines that were made in bulk to send north for blending, whereas now you're making prestigious wines that, that win awards, that find their way all into the bottle and win awards. So it's a big transformation of the wine industry since that time. Yes, well, initially the cooperative was a way to permit to small growers or medium growers uh, to uh, bring their grapes and increase value of the grapes. And the the, the main usage of such grapes was make wine, make the, gra the, the, the grapes, make wine, and then uh, sell it as bulk wine in the north of Italy or also in, in, in France, for, for example. Uh, there was the Porto of uh, the port of Barletta, which was used for loading wine uh, in order to be sent in the north and in France. Okay, so these were navigable wines with enough strength and alcohol they could survive this voyage by sea and beef up wines that needed a little bit more color, more alcohol. But now, of course, the wines are prestigious in their own right. Your best-known wines bear this. DOC, Denominazione d'Origine Controllata, Castel del Monte, named after Frederick's, Frederick II's castle that we've just discussed. Tell us a little bit about the Castel del Monte DOC, and in particular, the terroir, the territory this uh, of the Morja that is particularly favored for viticulture. So uh, the DOC of Castel del Monte is one of the most, one of the biggest um, DOC here in Puglia. It's one, one of the most well-known also because three out of four DOCGs are produced in this area. It is um, a favorable area uh, for viticulture uh, for different reasons. We are very close to the seaside, about 10 kilometers, 15 kilometers from the seaside. So we have this influence of the sea uh, which uh, controls the temperature and doesn't give great shocks in terms of, uh, of, uh, of um, uh, cold uh, or uh, heat. We have the wind which comes from from the seas from the sea especially during the, the, the summertime and uh, this helps us with all the uh, potential threats that the, 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 the vines may have during during the maturation of the grapes. And uh, we are located not not uh, close to the seaside, but but a little bit higher. All the vines are uh, mainly nurtured between 
100 and 300 meters above the sea line. So uh, this helps a lot uh, the, ex the the creation of sugar during during the the, the summer during the maturation of the grapes uh, with a day night excursion of temperature uh, quite quite important. So uh, and lastly, the terroir is uh, exceptional. Uh, the, I'm talking about the terrain because. We have this uh, limestone terrain, which provides uh, uh, to our wines this uh, freshness, which is very much uh, specific of, of this area. Okay, that limestone giving uh, the pH soil, giving a, a higher acidity but to both the reds and the whites, is that correct? Uh, it gives a nice acidity to the, to the reds, to the whites, to the rosé. One of the most important things that we, that we produce uh, is rosé. It's very much in, the, in, our, in our heritage. And um, it provides a nice uh, drinkability and uh, a nice pairing with all the food that we, we make here, here in Puglia. Now, you've mentioned some of the autochthonous, some of the native grape varieties of your area. And you're right, they're not well known to wine drinkers, wine lovers uh, around the world, but they do deserve to be better known. So let's introduce, for example, Nero di Troia, which I think is capable of producing truly great red wine. It does, definitely. There is a, a nice myth about Nero di Troia. The myth says that Diomedes brought Nero di Troia directly from Troy uh, after the war, uh, and uh, he planted it uh, close to Canosa, and from there on, it spread it all over the north of part of Puglia. It is a definitely difficult vine to be uh, nurtured because uh, and and also to bring to full maturation the, gra the, the grape. It normally ma fully matures between the first days of October till the 20th of October. So it's a very late maturing grape, and uh, you can you can use it if you manage or for red wines, if it's if the maturation went in the right way or in, in rosé, if maturation didn't really go in the right direction. It, in red wine, it is an incredible grape because you have this special uh, tannic structure, which, is, which provides to the wine a DNA for refining and in bottle and for aging. And uh, in, in, in the noses, uh, you have al always this, uh, this um, violet, which is always present in its bouquet. Very powerful, very uh, robust uh, wine, which uh, has definitely a great potential in my opinion with uh, in, 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 in providing a, a great wine uh, to, to, to our customers. We, we have this, uh, this grape used in uh, different ways or 100% Nero di Troia, or we blend it with uh, Aglianico and sometimes also with Montepulciano. Different profiles of wine, uh, Nero di Troia, which is or aged in, uh, in, uh, in barrique, or used uh, stainless steel vats, and uh, also the usage of other other grapes can help or can use can give a different way of uh, providing Nero di Troia uh, in, to the to the public. Okay, that's interesting because of course Alianico uh, more uh, associated with Campania and Basilicata, which are near your corner of Puglia, and Montepulciano from Molise, Abruzzo also coming down here. So that's an interesting confluence of 
of the areas. I think Nero di Troia can really make some wonderful, wonderful wines of real elegance and finesse. And so I hope, I hope our listeners will will look for the name and enjoy you know, this great wine. Now, Bombino Nero, another very interesting grape, particularly for your outstanding rosato. It is meant for rosato in this kind of grape. It's a grape which matures more or less in the same time of the Nero di Troia. We pick it a little bit earlier in order to preserve the, 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 the bouquet that this kind of grape can provide. And... Um, we use it for rosato, as you mentioned. Rosato for us is coral uh, nuance. Uh, so we normally keep the, the grapes with the must about 24 hours before fermentation. And uh, uh, it, it has this uh, special power in the nose, uh, very warm, very sudden wine uh, with this uh, strawberry, this raspberry. So very fine uh, fruits. That that you can see, in the, which you can you can feel in your nose and uh, in the in the mouth at the end, you have this freshness, which is very much related to the fact that is uh, the limestone terrain uh, provides to the, to the wine. So it's a, it's a mixture between southern wine and northern wine uh, or northern white wine. So it's a perfect combination, and this is the reason why. Uh, we have obtained the DOCG because it's a, definitely a special wine to, to, be, to be drank. This is the DOCG Castel del Monte Bombino Nero. Is that right for the Rosato? Exactly, exactly. It is the DOCG from, uh, Bombino Nero. Bombino Nero, we, we also uh, make it in a combination and blend with uh, Nero di Troia. So uh, it is an, an, an alternative. Uh, to the Bombino Nero. Bombino Nero is very elegant. It's very, uh, uh, it has great finesse uh, and it's meant for aperitivo. While we blend it with Nero e Troia in order to provide a wine which is, has a little bit more power, it has a little bit of tonic structure and it can be used easily to be paired with, with food and with, uh, uh, with a, a, a whole meal. So uh, it, the, the, the idea of Bombino Nero can be vary in this case. Okay, well, that's great. And that's a good opportunity to turn to the foods of the Murja. Uh, I know that the Alta Murja is noted for the Transumansa and an area of pasture land. So I'm assuming that lamb and goat feature strongly in the Cucina. Is that right? We have also that. And uh, we, also, we have also this uh, cow and uh, horse and uh, uh, donkey's meat that is very much used in, in, our, in our cooking, together with a lot of vegetables. This is uh, very specific of our area. It's uh, unique. Uh, we use a lot of this kind of, uh, of, diff of different um, vegetables coming from the, from the countryside where that are handpicked directly from the people. Would these these would be wild vegetables and the chicoria, the lampachoni, the wild vegetables, or as well as cultivated in the in the 
in the Orto? Very much both. Uh, you, you know quite a, a lot of, of our um, sauvage um, vegetables. Uh, we also use senap. Uh, it's very much used, or chimedirapa, for example, which are more well known. And um, we use a lot of this kind of uh, the end of this kind of uh, vegetables. And also, for example, zucchini. We uh, used to eat also the leaves of the zucchini uh, with pasta. So it's everything of the vegetables, depending on the timing of the year. Uh, we we have different types of vegetables and different types of uh, plates. Yes, I always think of Puglia as something of the garden of Italy with such a wealth of wonderful vegetables. And of course, olive oil uh, from Puglia is very, very fine. And the uh, you, you also produce your own DOP olive oil. As far as the, um, the foods of your area, if you would say there were some foods that any visitor must try, whether it's an antipasto, a primo piatto, a secondo, or a dolce, what would you advise our listeners visiting the area to make sure they eat and enjoy, matched, of course, with the wines that we've been discussing? Well, you have uh, mentioned transumanza. You must come to, to Andria and eat uh, stracciatella or burrata and uh, blend and uh, pair it. These wonderful cheeses. Definitely incredible cheeses and blend and pair it with a, with a nice rosato, fresh rosato uh, of our winery. Okay. And you mentioned the cima di rape, so that would be ideal with the orecchiette, the pasta handmade in the shape of little ears. Uh, they are, they are, they, they, they are incredible and uh, uh, with a little bit of anchovy also inside and some some garlic, they are special. And uh, together with that, a nice Nero di Troia would work. Oh, that sounds excellent. We've talking a little bit about the inland foods, but you did say your the proximity of the sea is great influence on the vines. Uh, what about on the food? Is the Cucina di Mare also part of the culture and the gastronomy? Well, it's uh, very close to the sea. Uh, well, Andria not so much, but you can, uh, 10 kilometers from Andria, there is the sea line, so you can eat Mediterranean fish and uh, also some uh, uh, crudo di mare, so raw fish. Uh, and uh, you can pair it with our white wines, which uh, which are very fresh, very nice to to be paired with a, with a, with the fish. Bombino bianco, in fact, is a, a grape which is uh, very light and very acid, so it can be a nice companion uh, for your for your meals in, of uh, of fish. Well, that all sounds uh, a really delicious menu and uh, an, another reason to visit uh, your area. I think it's a Beautiful story of the winery and of how you've developed from the historic Cantina Cooperativa into this high quality producer now of wines that are representing the Castel del Monte and the Morja. So I hope our listeners will be more familiar with the wines, the food, and the region and come and visit. Or is it possible for people to visit the Cantina? Absolutely, it is possible. It's preferable to to be um, to book the visit, uh, so we can uh, arrange the, the the visit and arrange the tasting. We are also uh, starting to um, 
host our visitors in uh, our masseria in the countryside, where it will be possible to see the areas of production and also taste the wines in our corte, together with all the, 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 the food that we can uh, we, we produce. So olive oil and uh, some, uh, and we it will be possible also to taste uh, mozzarella or stracciatella, for example. That sounds absolutely wonderful. I hope I can make my way down there to visit you myself. Sebastiano, it's been a real pleasure meeting you this morning. Thank you very much for being my guest, and I hope we can meet soon. Grazie. Grazie a te, Mark. It was a real pleasure to be invited, and I hope to see you soon here in Puglia. Okay, grazie. A presto. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Italian Wine Podcast, brought to you by Vinitali International Wine and Spirits Exhibition, the biggest drinks trade fair in the world. Save the date, the next edition of Vin Italy will be held the 2nd through the 5th of April 2023. Remember to subscribe to Italian Wine Podcast and catch us on SoundCloud, Spotify, and wherever you get your pods. You can also find us at italianwinepodcast.com. Cin cin! guys, I'm Joy Livingston and I am the producer of the Italian Wine Podcast. Thank you for listening. We are the only wine podcast that has been doing a daily show since the pandemic began. This is a labor of love and we are committed to bringing you free content every day. Of course, this takes time and effort, not to mention the cost of equipment, production and editing. We would be grateful for your donations, suggestions, requests and ideas. For more information on how to get in touch, go to italianwinepodcast.com.